Episode 98 of the Single Mother Survivor Guy podcast is brought to you by Good Start. Worried you're paying too much for childcare? Good Start are introducing nine and 10 hour sessions in addition to their all day sessions to help minimize your out of pocket costs. Search Good Start to find out more or follow the link in the show notes. Conditions apply. Hi, welcome to my mum's show. <laughs> My name is Julia. Welcome to the show. Whether you're a first-time listener or you listen every week, welcome. I hope you love this episode. I'm so excited to talk to my guest today and we'll go into that in a moment. But before we do, I have some exciting news. The Don't Just Survive, Thrive online program. Okay, so this is not the one-on-one mentoring. This is the self-paced online program, which I only open up to do a few times a year, is open for enrollment now. And just for you, because you're listening for a short period of time, just for one week, okay? So until the 4th of July, Wednesday, the 4th of July, I'm going to put it back to the usual pricing, but it's going to be $80 off for the next week. We are kicking off on the 30th of July. So if you would like to join me, I would love to have you. I really would love to take you on this path of being in a situation where you are thriving. It's not just about surviving. It's something I'm really passionate about, that we live our best life. And that means thriving as single moms, not just surviving, okay? It doesn't have to be like that. So we're going to be covering mindset. We're going to be covering balance. We're going to be covering discovering the new you. And we're going to be discovering goals and how to set goals and, you know, all these exciting things that you have going on and how to actually set your goals so that you reach them. I would love to take you on that journey to being empowered, So if you would like to join me, then jump on in now while you get the $80 off, because that's pretty cool. Also, as I mentioned last week, I'm coming up to episode 100. I would love your feedback. I will be putting this podcast together in the next week. So I need your help. I need you to tell me what kind of episode you want. You know, this is, I do this podcast for you. I create it for you. So please tell me. Three ideas that I love that have been presented to me are firstly, rehashing all the best pieces of advice that have come from this podcast, people sharing their advice. And I can share some of my favorites from guests. You can share some of your favorites with me. If you like this idea, tell me what they are. I would love to know. The other idea is devoting an episode on why we are awesome, having a really positive episode to lift you up and brighten your day about why being a single mom is awesome and, you know, everything that we do for our kids and how we should be really proud of ourselves. And the third idea was answering your questions. So whether you have questions You want to know of me on a personal basis, how I've gotten through certain situations or, you know, just questions that you're curious about, or if it's something about your situation that I can help you with, send them through. I would love to answer them for you. And another idea that's been brought is somebody interviewing me. And that would probably be answering your questions, but maybe they ask them to me. I don't know. Maybe I ask them myself. Anyway, we work it out. But if you have any ideas, I'd love to hear from you. So please get in touch. You know, this podcast is for you. um, So I want to give you what you want. Anyway, I'm really excited about this week's guest. Let's get straight into this week's episode. 
On the show with me today, I have Michelle Chevalier-Hedge. She's often introduced by health magazine editors as the modern day nutritionist, the one who likes a bit of wine and coffee. I love that. She is not about everything being completely paleo or having you know, zero sugar, but she's placed somewhere in the middle, which is great. Every week, Michelle works with major banks and corporations in Australia, such as Westpac, CBA, ANZ, HSBC, Apple, Dropbox, Westfield, the Department of Defense and schools and education events and so many more places. Michelle is a sought after presenter because she is authentic and connects to people who desire knowledge, but not in an overwhelming jargon filled way or with a the latest fad diet. Michelle is also an ambassador for Jamie Oliver's Food Revolution and for the launch of That Sugar Film. Along with her own blog and social media, Michelle writes for Body and Soul, Huffington Post, Mamma Mia, The Glow, Prevention, Wellbeing, Clean, Cosmo, Mind Food, and many more. Michelle's first book, Beating Sugar for Dummies, was published in 2013, and her current book, a number one bestseller, which I also have, The Healthy Hormone Diet, was released a few months ago. Michelle also often appears on Sunrise to discuss the World Health Organization's recommendations on nutrition, cancer, and sugar. Michelle has several degrees and a diploma of nutritional medicine and is a member of the Australian Traditional Medicine Society. She is an educator, a storyteller, and a passionate researcher, and I'm absolutely delighted that she's on the show today sharing her wisdom with us. Welcome to the podcast, Michelle. Oh, well, thank you very much for having me. And gee, that makes me sound like a bit of a rock star, that, that bio. And if my, kid, <laughs> if my children were in front of us, they'd say, who are you introducing? <laughs> Thank you very much. Oh, I'm so happy you're here. And, um, you know, I was just really excited because I loved hearing you speak recently and everything that you said really resonated with me and I just found it really fascinating. So I'd love to talk to you about more about hormones today and, you know, spread this knowledge with my listeners. But before we do, would you mind telling us a bit about, a bit more about you and your family and where in Australia you live? Yeah, for sure. So I am a mother of three children, a dumb dog, a very busy <laughs> husband, and have loads of laundry like every other, you know, woman or busy mom in Australia. Um, I live in Sydney and I've lived here actually for 27 years this year, even though despite my New York accent coming back with a vengeance, I, um, I've lived here for 27 years. I, I get back to New York a fair bit because now a healthy view, my business also spans New York City, which I worked really hard at doing because of my family over there, my, my mom and dad, yeah. yeah. And um, so what else about me do you need to know? So I'm a nutritionist, but I, I always say but, but I'm a nutritionist of a non-extreme approach. And I think that's really where um, health, a healthy view success has lied, Julia, because I come from a strong busy corporate background, as well as being a former teacher, I really understand the space of, of the modern day woman, of the woman who has children, who has a busy life, who has a messy home, and is just trying to get their health right without living in an extreme space. And, you know, 
all these detox diets or these stripping back, bearing back and really difficult to navigate kind of diets. It's really, I feel that it's really no place to live because it's not going to create a sustaining habit. And that's mm. really what we're all about is, is creating a plan that is easy, tasty and healthy. And then it becomes so easy that it becomes repeatable and doable. And then all of a sudden people go, well, wait a minute, I'm doing this healthy thing and it's become like a habit. So that's, that's really what the purpose of everything about I write about, I speak about, I talk about is that I don't want to teach a fad. I want to teach something that's going to be sticky and stick with you forever. Even if you use some of our principles, you know, Monday through Thursday and on the weekend you go crazy. Okay. Well then you don't beat yourself up. You just get back into it. Yeah. And I think that's why I love it as well. It's, you know, about moderation and it's not about, you know, you're never going to have sugar again or, you know, oh my God, you ate something that's not raw. You know, how could you? It's, um, <laughs> it is, it's moderation and it's sustainable. And I have to say, like, I've been doing the online um, program yes, that you right. offer. I mean, so it's day 22, I think, 21 or 22. Um, yes. And I'm really loving it so far. And I do not feel like I'm missing out on anything. I feel Excellent. like it's, it's starting to become more of a habit and I really enjoy it. Excellent. So Julia, are you doing our, um, our online low, low, low sugar, sugar. lifestyle? Yes. Okay. Okay. Have you done the 28 day, um, plan in the book? In the healthy no. Hormone? So I got the book at the same time. So I'm going to do that one next. Is that what you Good. suggest? Uh, yes. Yes. Yeah. I think that so low sugar lifestyle, um, that's the 28 day program online is a fantastic, um, way of people just entering into this space, relatively new, um, you know, with children and do definitely do not want anything extreme. So it's just kind of moving into that space, giving helpful reminders. The healthy hormone diet is Pretty much not, I would not say, it's not It's not that it couldn't be for children, but I prefer really to have be more, um, more adult approach to it. Um, it's really, I shouldn't say that because it's really, it's really a, a plan and a lifestyle for everyone, Julia, because yeah. it's really, it could have been called the, the whole food diet. It could have been called the, the, the clean living diet, but we called it the healthy hormone diet because what people don't realize is that nutrition can affect every hormone in their body from their cortisol level to their insulin level, to their estrogen, to their testosterone, um, and all of these different hormones that we're often attributing to weight gain and sleepless nights and lack of energy. And we're always beating ourselves up when we would perhaps we haven't actually looked at the fact that our hormones might be a little bit unbalanced and we just need to kind of correct them in a 28 day clean eating plan to get back on track. Yes. And that is, I think what I heard you talking about when I heard you speak that I really just went, Oh my God, that's me. Cause you were talking about, you know, moods fluctuating. You're talking about carrying extra weight for no sort of, you know, apparent reason, no real change in anything, this whole thing of being tired, but wired and not being able to sleep. And I just went, yes, you know, I could totally relate 
and I'm sure I'm not the only one. So could you tell us a bit more about what is going on there? You know, what is going on with the hormones? What's this hormone chaos and everything that you talk about? Yeah, sure. So the reason this book actually came about, Julia, was because there, um, you know, we have clinical practices all over Sydney, as well as we, 50% of our patients would be on phone or Skype. And when you look at the majority of our clients, whether they are 17 years old, they are moms at home, or they are 60-something or 70-something um, uh, managing directors of our leading banks, right? So we see everybody. Yeah. But, the, but the primary reason people will come to a nutritionist are three things. They're looking to maybe get a little bit leaner. They're looking for more sleep. They're looking for more energy. And they're looking for more, less stress. And when you look at the components of all of those, th- those four things, each of them is linked to a hormone. Okay, so let's just take, for example, um, weight, right? So people don't realize that we have this hormone called insulin, and insulin is our fat storage hormone. And once insulin, once insulin starts to go sideways or become sluggish, we can look at a piece of rice and gain weight. So we don't, I mean, it's terrible, but it's true. It's really, really frightening. Once that insulin receptor starts to close up and go, no, 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 no. You've been stuffing me with glucose for too long. Now I'm going to send you into a little bit of insulin resistance. And all of a sudden people start to get that abdominal belly fat that they never had before. Now, what people don't realize is, okay, well, what is affecting that insulin? Well, most people realize hidden sugars are, so we talk a lot about that in the book, but people don't realize that lack of sleep affects that insulin hormone as well. And not only that, Julia, so you can be a perfect eater and have lack of sleep and still get a messed up insulin receptor. And I'll take this one step further, yeah. which will really, really have an aha moment for many of your listeners, is your insulin can become unbalanced. Let me repeat, your fat storage hormone, insulin, can become dis- dysfunctional just from stress. It's crazy. So, crazy, right? So I'll mm. give this as the perfect example. And, you know, in my book, we give eight different case studies of eight real people who were just like me, you, my mo- our moms and dads, and, you know, there's men and women in the book, real people. So, for example, a great example of insulin driving, cortisol driving insulin is a case in the book where this woman goes away on holidays and she comes back and she's actually the same weight same weight or thinner than when she left. These are the kind of people that run on cortisol all day long, a hundred miles an hour. And so their cortisol, their adrenal glands are pumping out their cortisol. Their cortisol is pumping out glucose because as human beings, thousands of years ago, we needed that glucose to kill a saber-toothed tiger. Mm. And then our and then our glucose would come down, our cortisol levels would rest, and our adrenal glands would say, "Oh well, thank you very much for letting me do my job." 
But these days, Julia, we wake up, we get a coffee, we get in the car and we have car rage, we get to the spin class, we have spin rage, we drop our kids <laughs> school, we've got school rage, you know, and, and we're constantly going 100 miles an hour till most of us get till six o'clock at night. We go, oh, please, somebody give me a glass of wine so I could just rest. But, but what's happening all day long is that cortisol level is, is spiking and spiking and spiking. Now, the cortisol is the stress, the stress hormone, isn't it? Yeah. The stress hormone. So, so it's pumping out all this insulin all day long, the same way as almost as if it's been getting fed hidden sugar all day long, but it has the same reaction in the body, even without food. So, so this is a really important thing that people really need to realize is, of course, my book talks a lot about food, but we also talk a lot about lifestyle. Yeah. That's why I love it. And I think um, it, the sleep thing really and the stress because I thought over the last 12 months or so I've put on weight and nothing's changed in my diet and exercise. And the only thing that has, well, the only thing that has changed, I should say, is probably a little bit more stress and less sleep. Mm-hmm. And I just went, oh my goodness. Yeah. You know, that's yeah. why. And it's yep. actually been a really good motivator <laughs> to be a bit more relaxed and get more sleep. Oh, it's so important, Julie. It's, I mean, you know, f- yeah, and I'm not speaking from an ivory tower, right? So you've seen me speak. You see, I'm a, I'm a little bit of a Jack Russell, a little bit type A personality on the go. I like to be a busy bee. Yeah. For me to eat well is really easy because I, 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 that's my thing. But for me to get my, you know, eight hours sleep a night and to watch my stress levels is, is hard. And, and it, I have to remind my own self, hey, Michelle, this can contribute to not only aging, like talk about a vanity perspective that we don't want to look like we're aged, but also it can also lead to weight gain. So, you know, for some people, I need to stress the importance of sleep so much that I just completely appeal to their vanity. You know, a lot of these um, type A women that are highly charged and going thousand miles an hour who don't like to sleep, I have to say, you know, it isn't called beauty sleep for nothing. It's going to keep you lean. It's going to keep your hormones firing on all levels, including libido and, and, and mental health. And it's going to keep you lean and well-rested and, 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 and preserving your face from looking like wrinkled and tired. Yeah, it's amazing. So what, what are some of the other, so that's sort of the cortisol and insulin that you've sort of touched on that, you know, and what might happen if, as a result, if those sort of hormones are unbalanced What are some other things that can happen if our hormones are unbalanced? Yeah, right. Okay. So, so if our, if our, if our stress hormone cortisol is out, our insulin hormone is out for many different reasons. We, those two things can also affect our thyroid hormone. Now our thyroid hormone can be affected by cortisol and insulin, but it just can be affected by, by anything, right? By many things, I should say. Thyroid disease or sluggish thyroids is multifactorial. It can happen from stress. It can happen from viruses. We don't know, Julia, why we are having one out of four women here in Australia suffering from some type of thyroid dysfunction. Mm, I'm one of them. 
Oh, right. Okay. So thyroid is, you know, our metabolic hormone. We don't want it to speed up because we don't want it to have aging internally and externally. And we don't want it to slow down because then we feel like we're in brain fog. We feel like we're treading through mud. I mean, people that have sluggish thyroid, Hashimoto's, hypothyroidism, they often think to themselves or even explain to the doctors that they have anxiety and depression or mood disorder when the reality is, Julia, they don't have any of that. Their, their thyroid has just stopped working properly and they just feel really, really poorly. Yes, I can relate. I've got hypothyroidism myself, so underactive, and it's yeah. that sluggish feeling tired like a lot of yeah. the time. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Oh, it, exhausted. I mean, thyroid mm. thyroid sufferers will sleep, you know, eight, nine hours a day, Julian, they'll still wake up tired. Mm. Mm. And here, here's the thing that we point out in, in my book that a lot of people don't know, that just by underpinning our diet with clean, whole, real food, things that are rich in iodine, things that are rich in selenium, things that are rich in iron and B12, really, really supports thyroid function. Yes. And and also our thyroid does not like inflammatory foods like gluten, gluten. And, and sometimes dairy. But I would say, Julia, 95% of my sluggish thyroid patients, when they come off gluten, it is almost like they deflate. It's almost like there's been a sense of puffiness about them and the bodies deflate. But this doesn't happen in everyone, but it's interesting to watch and observe. And it's interesting that a lot of people don't know that the thyroid doesn't really like inflammatory foods like this. So I love seeing people with thyroid issues go on to um, the healthy hormone diet because they finish the 28 days and they go, Michelle, where can I find you to hug you? You have no idea idea how good I feel. And I, and I, even when I'm talking about this, Julie, I get the chills because I love make, helping people feel good about themselves. And, yeah. uh, and, it, and, and it's really, um, it can really happen. Um, and we can make small shifts with the thyroid, um, with some good clean foods and, and, and getting proper sleep and reducing stress levels. We can really, really make a difference in a, in a thyroid patient. Yeah. I, I was spoke to you after your talk and I mentioned to you about this thyroid thing that I have. And you said to me at the time, like, try to drop out gluten and dairy if you can. And when you said that, I thought, oh gosh, like this is going to be really hard. But I thought I'm going to give it a go. And it's funny because I feel more energized already not having gluten and dairy. And in the past, like I would have something and then I'd just feel really just um, flat, but I'd also really crave it. Um, And I was really worried about trying gluten-free because it doesn't really have a very good reputation for tasting very nice but it's come a long (laughs) way I think and there's been some big improvements since last time I gave it a go so yeah pleasantly Uh, surprised Absolutely. And you know, it's so funny, Julia, because I run retreats all around the world. And when I um, host retreats and when we market them, I never say in the brochure or the information that the retreat is going to be um, gluten-free and dairy-free. And then what will happen is usually on the third day or maybe even on the last day, people will be going, Michelle, the food has been fantastic. And I'll say, thank you. Did you realize that you've been gluten 
gluten-free and dairy-free because a good nutritionist can, as, as I've done in the book, is fill your world with such abundance that you mm. don't realize that gluten is missing and dairy is missing. Now, with that said, Julia, I don't like to discriminate against bread or gluten or dairy. I want everybody to have everything in their diets, truly, because I come from an Italian background. If I discriminate against bread, I'm going to be excommunicated from my family. Yeah, but, some good pasta. But I, <laughs> but, I, but, I, but I do know that in, in certain people, um, it is essential for them to bring back their energy levels and um, and to relax their digestion so their digestion is, isn't irritated. So I think, one, the world is changing in, in, in terms of what we can put in in the gluten space so that we're not missing things and we're not craving things. And what you said, Julia, is spot on. I can remember myself, one of the first big cleanses I went on um, with one of my big mentors, um, I remember thinking, oh my goodness, she's going to take me off of gluten, dairy, and sugar. I'm going to want to slice <laughs> slice my wrist here. What am I doing? Yeah. And, um, and so what has been a really big part of my philosophy is making sure that our clients and our readers are so full with abundant meals and ideas that, that thinking about or trying to fit in junk food, they can't even fit it in because they feel so satiated yeah. because they've, they've turned on this other hormone called leptin that is a signal to our brain that turns on this thing and it goes, wow, I feel satiated. So there's this new, this new hormone that's being bantered around a lot, will, will be bantered around all over, a lot over the next 12 to 18 months, which will be, um, you know, how, how to increase our leptin levels. We want to feel satiated. We don't want to be having that, that craving. And I love when our, when our clients and our patients say, Michelle, I do not know how you do this. I've never eaten so much food the first week of the healthy hormone diet, <laughs> never lost, never lost so much weight and never felt so good. And I go, yes, because that means people are going to repeat it and yes. they're going to repeat it again. And then all of a sudden, whoa, wait a minute, this has become a habit. So that's, that's my intention. It's, um, it's, I think it's fantastic because I've tried and I don't really like diets, to be honest. I don't really like that word because to me it represents deprivation and totally. I love food. <laughs> so yes. it's a bit like, oh, um, you know, but I've been telling people that I've been doing this diet and I said, but you know what? I don't really like to call it a diet because I don't feel like I'm deprived. I feel like it's more of a lifestyle change and I feel really good. Oh, definitely. I was so distressed, um, Julia, when Pam McMillan is my publisher, and I absolutely adore them. And um, they chose the word diet in the book so that it would appeal to so many people, so people would know that it had a plan. If it was up to me, that word would have never existed because I don't like that word at all. But what 
what the health industry is trying to now do is turn that word on its head to say, if you see the word diet, it's really just going to refer to be referred to as a plan from now on. We'll see. That, that, that's yet to be said. Mm. But, uh, but my next book is called Eat, Drink, and Still Shrink. And I did say to Pan <laughs> McMillan, I'm sticking with this title. Um, so, no, no, I agree completely about that. Now, one other hormone that I wanted to talk about, because I think that most of the listeners, um, and maybe not all, but most of the listeners will be women. So, um, you know, people often will pick up this book and they'll be quite surprised that there'll be two case studies in the book of two men, you know, real life men in their 50s, getting pre-diabetes, you know, they used to be slim men, now they're getting dad bods. And just talking about what they did and how, how, you know, and they're real people. They've gone on TV with me and radio with me, which is just so awesome because you can't make real authentic stuff up. Mm-hmm. But, um, so, so, but women will pick up this book and they'll often think, oh, gee, is this book about perimenopause and menopause? And it's not. It's about every hormone, right? But we do talk about the female hormone estrogen. And I think it's really, really important to talk about because. We've got one out of eight women, Julius, in Australia suffering from breast cancer. And as you know, I do a fair amount of work for Cure Cancer and I have a beautiful Cure Cancer ebook, actually. And when, we, when we're looking at um, breast cancer and we're looking at fibroids, endometriosis, heavy periods, cystic breasts. I mean, every, every woman who's listening to this is probably shaking their head going, yes, yes. Right. So, so those are what we will call estrogen dominant conditions. Now all health conditions, whether it's cancer, whether it's endometriosis, everything is multifactorial, right? There's many reasons why people get diseases and illnesses. But one thing that we are seeing with, with these estrogen dominant conditions is that what we really want is our livers to be working really well because our livers are our natural detoxifiers. And that's what the human body is beautifully meant to do is to detoxify. If we use our sex hormone estrogen, which there's several of them, and we use it for our libido, we use it for our sexuality, we use it for pregnancy, we use it for actually brain function, we use it for our skin function. We want our bodies to use it and then dump it. We don't want it to be reabsorbed in the body. We don't want a mucked up liver from too much hidden sugars, too much processed foods, too much trans fats, and we don't want reabsorption. Um, so, so, you know, one of the things that we do in the 28 days is we eat lots of brassica vegetables. We eat lots of cauliflower and Brussels sprouts. And in fact, we've got this amazing Brussels sprout Caesar salad. That's my favorite. But we eat a lot of these brassica vegetables, cauliflower, broccoli, um, kale, Brussels sprouts, because they are really, really big liver detoxifiers. And we eat clean for 28 days because that's naturally going to detoxify the liver. Our, lo- our liver is great at regenerating itself and going, wow, you've given me a break. I love you so much. I'm going to love you back. Um, so I think there's a lot, to, you know, I could, I could have called this the, you know, the liver cleansing diet, uh, because it, it, Every single day, 
the way we're eating every single day is cleaning our livers and getting our livers into a healthier state, which really affects our estrogen and our testosterone and, and all of our hormones really and our cholesterol. Yeah, it's so good. I, um, I remember you talking about that breast cancer issue and it's, um, it's, it, it does really make you wonder if why it's such an issue these days, you know, with, it's gotta be something with our lifestyle. Like, it's just insane how it's just so common now. Oh, it's so scary. It's so frightening. Of course, we know, you know, being Cure Cancer, a nutritional ambassador, that only 6% of cancer is genetic. You know, only 10 years ago, when we heard the word breast cancer, we hear, oh, Sally's been diagnosed with breast cancer. You'd automatically think, gee, does her mom have breast cancer? Does her sister? You know, yeah. you'd think about a family relative. But yeah. the fact of the matter is, Julia, only 6% is genetic. We all need to be observing, looking, thinking. Where is that other 94% coming from? And, you know, I don't live in an ivory tower. I color my hair. I wear lipstick. But I try to eat really well. As, as best I can, sometimes organic. I try to eat whole, real, seasonal, local food, not always organic because that's expensive. Um, when I'm picking up my dry cleaning, I make sure I air it out as best I can. When I am heating up something in a microwave, which is not often, I always do it in glass. When I am drinking out of a water bottle, I'm drinking out of a really good water bottle. I'm taking small little measures, not extreme approach because I live in the real world like the rest of the listeners on this podcast, right? Yeah. Sure, I would love to live in a perfect world eating organic food and, and never coloring my hair, but... But maybe when I'm 65, I don't know, but I, I'm not there yet. And, uh, and I'm just trying to make small choices and navigating my food because I've learned to eat tasty, yummy, delicious, satiating food. And that, you know, is one great thing to have in our toolkit to be navigating around all the disease processes that are around us. Yeah. And then um, one other hormone that I'd, I'd really love to speak about, you know that I'm crazy passionate about this hormone, um, is serotonin or happy yeah. hormone. Yeah. So, you know, a serotonin is actually a neurotransmitter, but, you know, is often referred to in the health and wellness industry as our happy hormone. And I love that. And um, one of the wonderful things about what is happening in evidence-based medicine and evidence-based truths and research is that we know now serotonin, the very hormone, the very thing that we're often going to GPs and counselors and saying, hey, look, I'm a little bit down in the dumps. I think I might be depressed. I think I might have anxiety. I think I might have a mood disorder. I think I might need an SSRI, which is, or an antidepressant or an anti, um, you know, some type of medication. The yeah. very thing that we're seeking is created in our gut. 85% of our serotonin is created in our gut. So does it not make sense if we are reducing hidden sugars, we are adding lots of antioxidants with clean, whole, fiber-filled food, 
that we give our gut the possibility and the chance to create the maximum amount of serotonin for our brains and for our moods. I just, I just love this research that's coming out of Australia, and the world is looking at this research. So we're very, very lucky. Makes me so Aussie proud. <laughs> yeah, and you know, to to say that and to work with some of these leading researchers. So I, th- I think that's a really important message for all the listeners out there. That's, uh, yeah, that's really interesting, actually. I didn't know that. 85% comes from the gut. Mm-hmm. Wow. Some, some researchers are saying even more than 85%. So, you know, I say, and people say, so Michelle, how do we cultivate this? You know, how do we get this going? You know, do we add probiotics? Do, do we add probiotic food? Yes, we can do a bit of that. But basically, mainly, is we just have to eat real whole food as often as possible and unpackaged and unprocessed. Will adding probiotic-rich foods like kefir, like kimchi, like sauerkraut, and the occasional probiotic supplement, will it add to that good gut bacteria? Indeed, of course. But just the simple act of eating clean, real food three times a day, boom, we got it. We got it going on. You know, that's going to create a, a clean gut. Not to mention, you know, Julia, having tummy issues and having an abundance of hidden sugars just creates this, what we call um, you know, well, I always like to a visual of this, right? So if we take ha- hidden sugars into our diet, these bad gut bacteria go party, I'm going to have a party and creates all this ca- candida in our gut. And that appears like puffy tummy, painful tummy. I got to go di- do diarrhea tummy. Oh my goodness, I'm constipated tummy. So people all of a sudden start to get these IBS-like symptoms in their tummy. Well, those people aren't vibrant. They're not energized. Their moods aren't great. They Digestion, poor digestion is an energy zapper. Add a libido zapper for sure, right? Yeah. So, 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 you know, just removing those hidden sugars gives that gut bacteria even more, the good gut bacteria even more ability to survive without the candida going crazy in our gut. That's fascinating. Yeah, it is, isn't it? It's so fascinating. So you're talking about these hidden sugars. And I mean, this was one of the huge takeaways that I got from your presentation when you were talking about the the hidden sugars and, you know, really looking at labels of things. Could you just give a quick run through with the grams? Because oh, I have to tell you, afterwards I got really upset, not obsessed, but just, you know, interested. I'd go to the supermarket and I'd be like, oh, how much sugar does that have? And one day I forgot and I went to buy, I really felt like sushi. I went to get some sushi and I bought a little salad and I bought a, a tray with uh, like, you know, there was like eight pieces of sushi that looked quite elaborate though. And they all had lovely dressing. And I, <laughs> I forgot yeah. to look at the sugar thing and I thought, oh, this, you know, it's got to be good. I ate it. And then afterwards I went, oh, what was the sugar content on that? And I looked at the back of both packages, the seaweed salad and the, the sushi pieces total of 40 grams of sugar. I was oh. horrified. And yeah, I was wondering if you could, you know, just tell us that with the, how to work out the teaspoons and how many we should be having. 
Yeah, yeah, excellent. Oh, I'm so glad that that you brought this topic up because I like to keep this really simple with people, right? And this is something we should share with everybody, right, Julia? Yeah. Because it's so it's so surprising. So the World Health Organization says the maximum amount of sugar we should have in our daily consumption of hidden sugars. This isn't fruit sugar. This isn't vegetable sugars. This is hidden sugars, right? We should have maximum six teaspoons. But people go, okay, well, what does that actually mean? How am I supposed to figure that out, Michelle? So let's just pretend, everybody who's listening, let's pretend we're looking at a can of Coca-Cola. So if you were to be looking at a can of Coca-Cola, you'd see the word sugar on it. I want you to drag your finger across, and I want you to look at the total grams of sugar. So on a can of Coca-Cola, it will say 40 grams of sugar. I want you to get good at one thing. For every grab-and-go food that you pick up, Coca-Cola, juice, up-and-go, Wheat Bix Honey Crunch, Sultana brand, muesli bars, I want you to go to sugar and divide by the number four. Now, this will not be a perfect science. However, it will give you a clear picture in your mind's eye of approximately how much sugar you're having. So in the instance with a can of Coca-Cola, you see 40 grams, you divide by four, and then I want you to picture yourself drinking 10 teaspoons of sugar. If I was picking up a flavored yogurt, Let's hypothetically say I had a honey buzz yogurt in front of me. And I looked at the sugar grams on that and it said 28. So I do my one thing that I need to know, divide by four. So go 28 divided by four. Okay, well, we know that that is about six grams, about seven grams, seven teaspoons of sugar, right? Again, just keep it simple. Divide by four. And then I want you to ask yourself, would you take that many teaspoons of sugar, dump them in your container, and drink it? So when I say it's not a perfect science, Julia, what I mean is that in a yogurt, there'll be some natural sugars in the form of milk sugars, right? So that's not really what we count. But this is just good enough for you to be able to start to pick up things and to say, wow. So for example, if I was to pick up a Gatorade, most Gatorades, most vitamin waters, most uh, you know, nutrient waters, things that look and appear healthy, they'll have between six and nine teaspoons of sugar, right? So it's easy to see how the average Australian is having about 43 teaspoons of hidden sugar in their diet mm -hmm. when the World Health Organization says, hey, maximum, maximum is six. When we see people balance their blood sugar, Julia, we see people bring back their energy, their vitality. Everything good happens when blood sugar starts to get balanced. Yeah, it's just, um, it's really scary when you start looking at all this stuff and you go, oh my gosh, I'm eating so much sugar and I'm like thinking I'm being healthy. Like when I ate that sushi and it was 40 grams, that's as much sugar as in a can of Coke. And I'm there yeah. sitting there thinking I'm eating a healthy dinner. It's not. <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah. Oh my God. Exactly. Exactly. And and you know what I say? I'm sure you heard me say this. Is is any of my conversations? Is I say. It's not about never having sugar again. It's about ha- having a sense of how we are feeding this beautiful brain of ours, this cognitive neurological functioning that we need. It's about how we're feeding this beautiful body of ours for energy, for vitality, for libido. It's about how we're feeding all of it and having some sense of awareness. Some days, Julia, I'll pick up a muesli bar with a cup of tea, and I might be in an airport, and I might look at the muesli bar and go, oh, It's got six teaspoons of sugar in it, but this is all I have. Okay, so this will be my poison for the day. So, you know, it's just about having an awareness of all those things. But you'll be be happy to know in the healthy hormone diet, we don't really have any hidden sugars at all. We just have some natural sugars in our fruits and in our sweet potatoes and our beets and things like that. Yeah. Okay, great, Michelle. Thanks for that. Now, before we get into the next bit... Just a quick message from our sponsor. Good Start understand what's important to families and are helping you make the most of the new childcare subsidy to help minimize your out-of-pocket costs. Come July 2nd, Good Start are introducing more options, including nine and 10-hour sessions, as well as their all-day sessions, so you can choose the option that best suits your family. Search Good Start to find out more or follow the link in the show notes. Conditions apply. Okay, so back to hormones. Now, there was one other hormone that you mentioned in the book, testosterone. Yes. Now, how does that affect women? Oh, well, it affects both women and men. And it's really, really important for women to have a bit of testosterone because one, it's about, and the same with men, it's about uh, libido and and energy. Um, And particularly important for men that the testosterone doesn't get mucked up by our livers. And again, the same thing, Julia, if we we look at our livers being beautifully functioning livers and natural detoxifiers. And when we're eating real whole foods, it, the liver goes, whoa, thank you so much. I love you and I'm going to love you back. And But when our livers are all mucked up with lots of hidden sugars, maybe a little bit too much alcohol, maybe trans fats, we're not dumping and processing our testosterone and our estrogen the way we should be. So our estrogen often can be recycled and reabsorbed, which we don't want. And with men um, or women, but mostly men, this will happen, is we don't want that testosterone in men getting a little bit of a kink and not staying testosterone, but actually getting a little kink and becoming somewhat estrogenic. And this is when we are starting to see what we call a bit of endocrine disruptors. And we're starting to see young men with man boobs. Like this did not happen, Julia, when our parents were younger or our grandparents, right? And, you know, we laugh about the term man boob, like Steve and my husband and I are in our mid fifties. And we say, oh, he's got man boobs. I've got sagging boobs. And that's a part of natural aging process. But what we don't laugh about is these young boys developing man boobs that 
all of a sudden they're in the locker room and they're like, I'm not going to play sport today. No, I'm not going to go out for that team today because their self-esteem is sinking. Mm. And then then we know what happens, Julia, right? I'm getting the chills talking to you about this. You know, they get a little bit retracted. They get a little bit removed. They feel a little bit more self-conscious. They get quieter in the classroom. They get quieter amongst their peers. So we're not, we've gone from physical health to talking about their mental health to be talking about their emotional resilience. And I, uh, it's time that we really, you know, start exposing some of these things and go, okay, we don't need an extreme approach here. We just need a healthy one. Yeah. And I mean, what are the statistics now with overweight children? Oh, it's enormous. You know, the statistics here in Australia is we've got one out of four people suffering from being obese, overweight, or diabetes type two, or what I call diabetes. So that that is one out of four adults, um, and the statistics with children is not far behind it. And that is a similar statistic for here and America and, and New Zealand. That's a frightening number. Again, yes. Julia, this was this wasn't happening when our parents were our age no. or our grandparents, and you know. It, it is the connection between, um, you know, overweight um, and insulin resistance and what we call metabolic syndrome, syndrome X, um, insulin resistance and connection to heart disease, but also very, very big connections to cancers. Gosh, it's frightening. And I think, um, you know, I don't think people are trying to do this. It's just they don't know. People are not don't have the sort of, I don't know, the information, I guess. Yes, it, it, it's so true. And and oh, that's my job, Julie. I'm, I'm out there. Like, I'm, this is like I feel so privileged and honoured for this to be my purpose, to be able to speak in a corporate or a school once a week or to have someone like you invite me on to go, yeah, let's, let's talk about this. Let's talk about not a non-extreme approach. Let's talk about making small steps to a healthier world where people feel better about themselves. Yeah, so important. I think it's great that you're getting to schools and, you know, just spreading more awareness about all of this. Um, now tell me about, because, you know, we were saying I really love food. That I think everything in moderation is great. Enjoying a glass of wine every now and then. It's not too bad, is it? Oh, it's a must. <laughs> it's a must for me. Yeah. Um, so, so, you know, doing the, um, the healthy hormone diet, the 28-day rebalance, or with any of our clients, Really what we, what we try to do is, you know, get people to reset a little bit. Okay, you've, you've come to us because something's happened. You're either gained weight, you're exhausted. Or how about thinking about doing a reset, whether that's a two-week reset or the book and doing the four-week reset. And then what I want people to do is, okay, they've given themselves a break. Now, okay, go back to having, you know, a couple of glasses of wine a week. It's okay. You know, I, I use the, 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 the phrase, choose your poison, right? So I have a glass of Pinot a couple of nights a week or a glass of Shiraz, but I'm not going to, I'm never going to be a sugar muncher. I'm not going to have the jelly snakes or the, the lollies or things like that because one, my meal, my meals are so good and I'm not craving that. But two, 
I know I like my glass of wine. So I'd rather, you know, choose my poison in my wine. But it's really not poison. And, and Julia, life is far too short for us not to be enjoying food and enjoying wine and a little bit of good coffee. Yeah, absolutely. But so you suggest doing this reset or rebalance for a month or so and then sort of introducing bits and pieces in in moderation. Yeah, in the book, um, I, I talk about, I say, if people want to have a little cheeky pinot while you're, while you're doing this, that's fine. You know, to, I'm, you know, I'm not there as, as the nutritional police looking over your shoulder. I have some clients that will do the whole thing 100% to the T, and I have other people that will do it, and they will be having a little bit of coffee, and they'll be having a little bit of wine along the way, but basically they're eating in tune to the plan. And, 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 both will achieve results and improvement. Yeah. Okay. Now, is there a way to get your hormone levels tested before you start or after you do it? How do we know if they're sort of in sync? Sure. Well, most people will know when their hormones are out of sync because if I say to them, you know, are you moody? Are you tired? Are you exhausted? Are you gaining weight when you're looking at food? You know, those are usually just signs and symptoms immediately that we could tell, you know, is your insulin a little bit off? Is your, you know, different, different hormones, right? Yes, people can have blood pathology, but the thing is, Julia, blood changes rapidly, right? So as a nutritional medicine practitioner, we often look at people's signs and symptoms. Um, a lot of our patients will get blood tests and will ask their GPs to look at their thyroid hormone, look at their fasting insulin, look at what their sex hormones are doing. That That's fine. People can do that for sure. And they can see a before and after. Um, absolutely. I would say maybe 50% of our patients don't do that and they just go on how they feel. Um, it's almost the same kind of question, Julia. People will ask me often, you know, Michelle, do you think I could, should get tested for a wheat intolerance or a dairy intolerance? And I say, well, if you want to, if you have the time and the money, however, you can just test yourself by coming off of wheat and dairy and doing the 28-day healthy hormone diet and just see how does your body react. And if your body feels really good, well, maybe you don't need to have those specialized tests or, an, or a colonoscopy or an endoscope. Let your body be your guide. And I think that's one of the important messages that I have to say about doing, let's say, the healthy hormone diet is... If you do it, even if you have a little bit of wine and coffee as you're doing it, when you get to the end, I want you to think to yourself, wow, I've got a clean slate here. I've got a body that hasn't had too much toxicity and hasn't had much processed food. I've pretty much been gluten-free and I've had only maybe a smidgen of dairy and a little bit of coffee. And I want people to observe as they start to reintroduce bread or dairy, how their body reacts, because that is the telltale sign of what is going on and what, what really feeds your energy, your moods, your weight. Yeah. Oh, it's, um, it's fantastic. I think it's, I think it's something that everyone should do. Honestly, I think it's just life-changing really. Like we've only got one body 
And I'm really passionate about us, especially as mums and as single mums, to really take care of ourselves because feeling good is just vital, isn't it? Like it's all about how we feel. Oh, it is absolutely imperative, Julia. It's not a luxury. I sometimes say to women, you know, I'm such a woman's woman. I say to women, you know, as women, we're so good at looking after everyone else. We're good at looking after the children, our parents, our neighbors, the dog, the laundry. We're great at looking after everyone else, but we're not so great at looking after ourselves. Because women think feels oh that's luxurious that's, that's selfish that's, oh I, I I that's selfish but the reality is Julia once that starts to happen and you put yourself first not in a pompous windbag way but just in a nourishing way oh my goodness are you able to give out so much more so it's like the butterfly effect. It's the butterfly effect. Mm. One, one, once you get yourself right, woof, you become abundant. Yeah, incredible. Well, Michelle, it's time mm. for us to wrap up. Um, if you're listening and you want to buy the book or you want to check out Michelle's low sugar programs or all the other things that she offers, you can find out all about them at a healthyview.com. And how can people connect with you, Michelle? You're on Facebook and Instagram yeah, and Twitter. And- yeah. So on Instagram, we are a healthy view on Instagram and also on Facebook, we're a healthy view. I think it's a healthy view, Michelle Chevalley Hedge. Um, But please reach out to us as a whole team of us. Um, Have a look at our website as well, ahealthyview.com. You can actually buy the book online there and it'll be delivered to your home. Um, And yeah, just get, get on our newsletter. We have fun things that we do all around Australia. I speak all over Australia. Um, speak in schools, speak in corporates, and yeah, reach out to us for anything. But Julie, here's the thing. If people reach out to me, please don't ever say, hey, Michelle, I'm sorry to bother you. Because as I said to you before, Julie, and I say to everyone, you are so not my bother. You are so my purpose. (laughs) I love being a nutritionist. Yeah, I love being a nutritionist. Oh, I love that. Well, thank you so, so much for your time today. I really appreciate it. And um, I'm, I'm sure that, you know, your message is just being so heard and, you know, you're making a real big difference to women and men everywhere. So thank you so much. Thank you, Julia. Thanks for having me. Bye now. <laughs> See you later. Bye-bye. Bye. Um, wow. Michelle, thank you so much again for your time and sharing all your words of wisdom with us today. It has been absolutely amazing. I, for one, am converted. I love the hormone diet, or I'm just going to call it a hormone lifestyle because <laughs> I like it. And also the other thing about the word diet to me suggests short term. And I think that's why you were talking about the whole plan thing. Um, but yeah, I'm going to go with hormone lifestyle because um, it's a lifestyle change for me. And it's not even just diet really to me. It's, um, I don't know, I'm trying to just kind of do a bit of an overhaul on my whole body at the moment. Um, and that is everything, you know, that's my physical output as in what exercise I'm actually doing, what I put into my body, what I'm ingesting, what I'm eating, what I'm drinking, how much sleep I'm getting, um, you know, just having some downtime because I'm pretty much go, go, go all the time and I have to really make a conscious effort to go, 
okay, now is my time to shut off and just relax. And, you know, even putting it into my calendar helps. It, you know, it sounds a bit silly and I get a notification going chill out time, but it kind of works. You know, you just go, oh yeah, because you, you forget. Well, I forget. So yeah, it's a whole lifestyle to me and I love it. So yeah, thank you. <laughs> Thanks for creating the amazing program and thank you for writing the book. I love it. So yeah, if you're interested in getting the book and giving this hormone diet slash lifestyle a go, I'll put the link to buy the book in the show notes and I'll put all of Michelle's details in the show notes as well. So make sure you go and check it out. I, I just feel... Yeah, really excited that I found this and <laughs> I'm so happy that Michelle agreed to come on the podcast because I was like, as soon as I heard her speak and I started doing all this, you know, food just changes, I was like, oh my God, I need to share Michelle with my tribe. I need to let you all know how good this is. Yeah, so I really hope you enjoy it and, um, you know, let me know if you do give it a go, what what changes have you noticed? Yeah, I would love to hear from you. Thank you so much, Michelle, again for your time. If you want to connect with Michelle, I'll put her links, her social media links and everything in the show notes as well. And thank you for listening, whether you're at home or in the car or, you know, whatever you're doing. I really appreciate that you've given me your time today. If you want to connect with me, you can email me at julia at singlemothersurvivalguide.com. And I'm also on Facebook and Instagram, so you can find me there. I'm just at Single Mother Survival Guide. It's all one word. Yeah, come on over and say hi. I love, love, love hearing from listeners. It honestly makes my day. So come and say hi. Tell me what you like. Even better, leave me a review. If you've been listening to this podcast forever, I would absolutely love it if right now you could just go onto your phone, head on over to the podcast app that you're using, find Single Mother's Survival Guide and give it a star rating. And I would love for you to just leave me a quick review. If you could just let me know, you know, if you if something from a particular episode has resonated with you, I would love to know why or which one your favorite episode is. I'm constantly striving to give you guys the best content I can. So the more feedback I have, the better. Thank you for everyone that's done it already. I honestly love reading them so much. It's so nice. Um, yeah, I just really appreciate it. Thank you. You can find out about all the other episodes of my podcast on the Single Mother Survival Guide website, which is just www.singlemothersurvivalguide.com. And while you're on the website, come and check out the blog. Uh, you can also book in a 30-minute complimentary clarity call with me if you think that you could do with some one-on-one -on -one mentoring help. I also have to let you know that if you do want to do that, book in a clarity call ASAP because the prices are going up a little bit as of the new financial year. And while you're over at the website as well, there is a link to join the Single Mother Survival Guide Support Forum, which is a Facebook group for us all to connect with each other. So feel free to join that. You just have to answer a couple of questions. I try to get to the requests as often as I can, but you might have to wait a week or so. But please join. Yeah, it's so nice for us to be able to chat and support each other and help each other. So, so yeah, would love for you to join that group. Also, as I mentioned at the start, if you want to do the Don't Just Survive Thrive 
ECOS. I'll put the link in the show notes. It's going to be on special, an early bird special, just for a short amount of time. So if you've been thinking about doing that, jump on in. I only run it a few times a year. Anyway, that's it from me for this week. Thank you so much for listening again. Thanks for your time. I hope you have a wonderful week and I'll speak to you next week. Okay, bye for now.